0: to The Ladies' Room. I am Iris St. Moran. And I'm Jennifer Sanders. So by day, we're television news anchors at competing stations in New York. But in real life, we are the best of friends. Okay, so tell our listeners why we decided on The Ladies' Room. You know, it's that place where you get yourself together, maybe fix your hair and makeup, tell a secret. Ladies know what I mean. Girl, you know I know what you mean. So you'll get to hear from some phenomenal ladies who are doing phenomenal things across the world. And our goal is to provide inspiration and information where on air in the ladies room all right welcome to the ladies room we have jennifer nadler founder of the center for creative arts and healing that's where we're sitting right now we're excited about that motivational speaker and sexual abuse awareness advocate we are so excited to have you with us today thank you so much for just making time for us we know that you travel internationally you travel around new york state around the the country. country everywhere yeah to share your story and and your journey as well um to healing and wholeness and you're helping so many people in our area, thank do that. You. Yeah. So thank you for for being here. All right. So let's just start uh, from the beginning because obviously you're an advocate and you're doing what you're doing for a reason, and that's because of your story. So let's just start start there.
1: Um. Sure. Um. So I was abused when I was twelve and thirteen, and um, it was something that I just didn't talk about. I just kind of pushed it aside and tried to carry on as best I could. I went to college, um, right here actually, Lemoyne College, and, um, and then graduated and moved on to my first job, uh, t- teaching, and <laughs> then life started to fall apart. And at first I didn't even know why. I just was looking at all of the um, symptoms and thinking that they were in isolation and they weren't. They were all, it was all connected and and it all went back to the childhood trauma that I experienced. And um, once I got well and um, started a family and um, went back to professional life, I started to think about what I had been through and how I really wanted to help people that might be in a situation that I was. Because I felt really lucky to have um, discovered all of the ways that we can heal um, and all of the the tools. I felt like I had learned so much and I, I really wanted to... I feel like my teaching background kind of aided in that. And I I felt like, okay, this is something that I want to teach now. Um, you know, I went to school to teach Spanish and um, English as a second language. And I just felt like now is the time to be teaching in a different way. So you use art as Mm -hmm. one of your tools. Talk about that and how
0: exactly, you know, it, it, it led to your healing and how you're helping others heal.
1: Sure. Um, So I'm not an artist, and I tell people that all the time, because I'll show you some of my stuff later if you want to see it, and you're like, oh, okay. Um, I'm no Picasso um, by any means. But one of the first things that I did was an inpatient stay um, in a hospital, and that really kind of helped me get to the root of all of the issues I was having as a a young adult. And uh, one of the things that they did was this... um, group for art therapy and I fell in love with it Um, again I I struggled at times because I'm a perfectionist so I want everything to look a certain way and I can't really draw (laughs) so that was really frustrating at times but um, I found that I was able to say things and get stuff out that was inside of me sometimes I didn't even know it was in there and then sometimes it was just something that I couldn't say maybe it was too Embarrassing or shameful or whatever, and so I let the art kind of say what I needed to say or get out what what might have been I might have been carrying around with me that I didn't know, um, and then when I got back to Syracuse, I found a group uh, right here. Um, this wonderful woman, Heidi was her name, and um, she led a group for survivors of childhood sexual abuse. <clears throat> Excuse me, and. We used art to kind of process our day to day things that were going on for us that year or you know in her past, and I just found so much healing from it, and so I wanted to to kind of start something like that here. Um, Heidi has moved out of the area, and I said to her, "I said, what do you think about you know me starting something similar?" And you know, she was she gave me the green light. She was really excited and. Um, it's been awesome. I, I really love what I'm doing now.
0: And you said that, just a few minutes ago, you said <laughs> that you had been carrying around a lot of baggage. At what point did you recognize, I'm carrying all of this around? And like you said, you were teaching, and <laughs> you know there were things that happened, obviously, in the classroom that affected you. Okay. When did you know that, like, I need help? It was
1: bad. I I think I just kept trying to keep moving so I didn't want to stop and look at it until it was really bad. Um, you know, I just so I'm not sleeping, um, I'm starting to have insomnia in the middle of the night. Um, I started having panic attacks in my classroom. Um, I I again like I didn't even understand the the symptoms of depression. Um, but I was depressed. I would go home from school and at three o'clock in the afternoon I'd go into bed. And I would not get up until I don't know two in the morning when I couldn't. You know, um, I started having uh, nightmares, and I was having flashbacks, and I just wasn't putting it all together. Um, you know, yeah. There, there was a lot. It was. It became really clear that I wasn't functioning very well anymore. And what I didn't realize, I say this in the presentation that I give, um, I didn't realize that. I was teaching kids that were the ages that I was when I was being abused. And so just being around them started to trigger these, these memories. And I didn't know that that was even happening. You know, for me, I was looking at everything in isolation and saying, gosh, I can't sleep or, um, you know, I have no appetite or I'm having panic attacks. I feel like I'm in here and I can't breathe. And, you know, I didn't put any of it together. Did, were
0: you dealing with that? prior to being in the classroom as well, or did it just, it was really when you got in the classroom?
1: Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, no, it was even outside of, yeah, it was outside. And, you know, it was my first job. I was so excited, and, you know, I landed my dream job, and um, and it started pretty soon into that. And, you know, then you would, you attribute it to, I'm a new teacher, and I, I have so much, you know, that I'm learning, and, and this is stressful, So I blew it off for a while.
0: Talk about what you're doing here Mm -hmm. now at the center.
1: So um, it started out as something very similar to what I had that was so helpful for me. Um, I started with one support group for survivors of, it started out as, as childhood sexual abuse. Then I started to realize that there was a need for survivors of sexual trauma, and so I opened it up to, you know, a bigger, a bigger, a bigger target group. Um, then I started getting calls from people who were survivors of trauma, um, and then I started getting inquiries from people who said, "You know what? I really am interested in this whole processing things with art, but." I you know don't have a trauma history and so now I've opened it up to anyone that wants to process anything um, using art and you know we we talk some we we laugh some we eat I have chocolate everywhere in my <laughs> office so we eat some um, and you know we focus on whatever they want to focus on I, I um, i've always been very upfront with people and saying i'm not a therapist i'm not an art therapist i um you know i am a peer support and so i have made the joke that i'm i'm in some way like um a midwife would be you know i'm there to sit with you i will hold your hand i will breathe with you (laughs) um and you know kind of kind of share the tools that i found helpful and it's been fun, you know, it's been really fun. And it, it can be hard um, at times, you know, to, to watch people sit with something that's really uncomfortable or painful. But um, I'm really enjoying getting to know, um, you know, other women and, and, and hear their, their stories um, regardless of, of whether they have a trauma history or not. You know, everybody, and I, I've, I've kind of come to realize that too, Everybody has trauma in some way, shape, or form. Um, it just, you know, the trauma is different. The severity might be different, um, how old you were when it happened. But I think if you ask anybody, you know, what was a traumatic experience in your life, people can pull that out real quick. So, um, so yeah, that's what, that's what we're that's what we're trying to accomplish in in this room. <laughs>
0: Definitely. And you said that when you did art initially, that you were able to get things out that you didn't even know that you were carrying. So is that, does that mean you're painting images? What, what does that mean? What does yeah, that look
1: like? Um, so some of the things that I found helpful, um, I don't even know if this is a technical term, but I call it dumping. And so... Um, you know, taking a piece of paper and just kind of sitting, maybe doing a brief meditation. Um, And honestly, a great go-to is crayons. It's very um, primitive, but for someone like myself, who's not, you know, um, a fine artist, uh, it's a great way to express with color and just kind of uh, get some stuff out. Sometimes I, I don't sit and have an intention, I just kind of sit with myself and see uh, what color I might be drawn to that day. And, and um, you know, once I start, do I start to see something in what I'm doing? And then, you know, maybe I all of a sudden feel a focal point coming um, and I kind of go in that direction, but sometimes I don't. And sometimes, you know, sometimes uh, something's going on. I, in starting the center, I kind of got reminded of how helpful the process is for me and so now if I'm feeling all jammed up or if I'm feeling you know overwhelmed or I will pull out paper and kind of sit and see what comes what what um, I might feel drawn to to create and so it's something that I use is is you know primitive things like crayons markers Um, I've got different kinds of pastels Um, I love painting and um, something that I really enjoy is collage because for me if I want it to look like a flower and it's not coming out right I can find the flower <laughs> and cut it out um, so I, I do a lot of collage but it's fun to see what every um, woman artist is drawn to um, and so you know everybody seems to like a, a different medium and, and so we go with whatever they feel comfortable with.
0: What do you do with the art afterward? Because I, I know that you were saying it kind of digs up things, maybe mm. that you didn't know you have, and does keeping it around bring up bad memories? Or how do you, like, what, what happens after that? Yeah,
1: that's a really good question. Um, I always give uh, women the choice if they want to keep it here. Um, and I can lock it up, and, you know, they don't ever have to see it. Um, they might choose to destroy it. Um, sometimes people want to bring it home to remind themselves of something, uh, motivate themselves. Um, I did a, whole, uh, I did, all of those when I was going through my own. I had a big filing cabinet in my basement, and every week I would you know put it in, and um, and then every now and then I would go through that cabinet and say, oh I don't need that anymore. I want to get rid of it. And I mean I've whittled it down to I have two pieces of art now. Um, I show them in my presentation uh, those two things, um, those I felt like I needed and I wanted to keep. But you know what resonates with you now might not resonate with you, and, and you might not want it. Um, you know some of the stuff that I looked at, I was like, oh, I don't want that anymore. I know, I know that I know what I needed to work through with that, and and um, but yeah, I have, I have some things that women don't want to take with them. Um, you know if they tell me they want me to destroy it, I will. Um, And sometimes people take it.
0: Now, we were just talking about you being literally a world traveler. You (laughs) traveled to Kuwait, then you're going to North Carolina in the next few weeks. How, when did you know, I'm going to share my story. All of those emotions attached to my story, maybe shame or guilt, whatever that might be. They're no longer there and I feel free. I have my voice now. I can talk to people about this and really help others.
1: Um, So... You know, I I have a degree in teaching. That's what I started out um, right out of college doing. Um, Once I had my son and he started school, I started to, you know, try to get myself back out into the teaching world. And I got a job at OCC, and I was supposed to be (laughs) um, planning my lessons for that class. And (laughs) I discovered PowerPoint. So when I started teaching, that did not exist, which makes me sound really, really old. But um, I, so I discovered this PowerPoint, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is the best thing ever. I can make it once, and I don't have to redo it. So um, I started using PowerPoint to make my lessons. But as I'm doing this, I'm really I, – I love the band Linkin Park, and so I'm listening – as I'm working and I'm, you know, just so, you know, getting into the music and as I'm listening to some of the songs, I made this joke. I said, oh gosh, you know, Linkin Park is like the soundtrack of my life. You know, every song, it's hitting something and bringing me back to a time in my life. And, um, so the more I'm listening, the more I'm, I'm starting to see images from my childhood. And I started using PowerPoint to kind of put that stuff down um, you know on like paper so to speak and the more I started doing that I said oh I almost feel like I'm making a giant lesson about my life and so I worked on the beginning and I worked on the end and then I thought okay I'm going to go to this book that that I used in my healing it's called The Courage to Heal by Ellen Bass and Laura Davis. And I used that book um, when I was going through the heavy years of of the trauma work. And I kind of used it as a framework. And I thought, okay, well, remember when they laid this out? Like, what did that look like in my life? So, for example, you said shame. And yes, yes, Um, there was a lot of shame. And so I started to think about what that shame looked like, how I expressed it, usually against myself. Um, where was I at with my shame now and so I started making this entire PowerPoint like a lesson and I really started to sit there going I want to do this for my students and um, I have a friend who was my crime victim advocate actually I reported the crime eventually and was assigned a crime victim advocate and she teaches or she taught at Le Moyne and I said you know I know you're always looking for guest speakers could I come in and and do this thing that I made and I'm like I don't know this might you know be ridiculous and you might say well thank you so much and don't ever come back (laughs) but um she's like yeah of course so I did it and it was very emotional um you know being back at Le Moyne I'm sorry getting choked (laughs) up um Le Moyne was such a safe place for me and it was such a great time in my life. I felt like I really kind of opened up um, once I got there, and it wasn't. I did not really carry on uh, carry any um, traumatic memories at that point. Um, so to be there, giving it like my first time, I think that that was extra meaningful. But you know, it was a crime victimology class, and they you know listened and. Um, I remember shaking. I rem- I was grabbing onto that podium, and I think I soaked through my shirt and my blazer. I was just so nervous, but at the end, I saw what a connection there was, and that they went with me the whole time on this journey, Um, and I remember my friend saying, yeah, that's not going to be the last time you say this, and that was kind of the start of it. She got me connected to Veer House then and said, I have friends there. I want you to, you know, see if they want to see it. Um, and then it just kind of snowballed from there. A big snowball. (laughs) (laughs) A snowball that goes all the way to the Middle East. Yes, yes. Oh,
0: my goodness. Crazy. So now you're doing what you're doing now. And if you had any advice, obviously you're helping people through presentations and things like that. But if you had any advice for someone who might be currently dealing with an abusive situation or they have a child that's, uh, that they know that's dealing with that situation, what would you say in terms of who they should surround themselves with and what they need to do after maybe reporting it and they're trying to just get in that journey of healing and get to the place where you are now, where you're able to freely just speak your truth and, and help others?
1: Um, I would say to surround yourself with supportive people because not everybody is going to believe. Um, I feel like the tide maybe is starting to to turn, but there are going to be people that question your credibility. Um, you know, for me, I I did have some family members that were not supportive, and so I eventually realize that I needed to distance myself from them, even though that was painful. Um, and something that someone had, I had a, a audience member once ask me, well, what do I do? My whole family has turned my back, turned their back on me. Um, they don't believe me. They don't support me. And I told her what someone had said to me once was, you know, um, you may not have the blood relatives in your corner, but you can create a family of supportive people and um, so being surrounded by supportive people friends um, you know extended family you know if, if it's say your immediate family where there's the the issue of the abuse um, and then count you know counseling I I could not I would not be here if I had not had um, really stellar counseling I saw a psychologist for literally for 13 years Um, you know and every week I wasn't going in trust me in the beginning when it was really raw um, that's all that I could talk about and I needed to at that time Um, but you know as the years move on different things are going to come up and and it's nice to have that go-to person and so um, I had a, a A really great psychologist I think I pushed him into retirement (laughs) because he eventually retired and I was like I feel like he's breaking up with me (laughs) Um, but in addition to that I had my support group and that's another thing that I tell women is um, and men too um, you know I I specifically see women at the center um, but You know, what I'm recommending holds true for survivors, all survivors, Um, support group, being with other people who have been through what you've been through, even if it's not the same experience, because every person's experience of abuse is different, but um, the feelings are the same, the thoughts, the um, coping mechanisms, you know, all of that runs through a same vein, and, and to be with people and know, I'm not really alone. Because for a long time, you walk around keeping the secret to yourself and thinking, I'm weird, I'm bizarre, I thought I was dirty, I felt so um, damaged and um, wrong. And once I started hearing other women share their experiences, I thought, oh, you know what, she's she's thought things about herself that I think about myself, or she's done things that I've done. You know, it, it really helped me to understand why I did what I did and, and felt what I felt. Um, you know, uh, sometimes a hosp- hospital inpatient stay is necessary to kind of um, get you out of the emergency stage, and um, there's no shame in that. For, for me, there was a lot of um, embarrassment at the beginning. But, uh, honestly, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be completely honest with you, even sometimes still. If I run into somebody that knew me at that time period that I was going down in flames, there's embarrassment there. Um, I'm afraid that they might think I'm crazy um, or that I was crazy. And, um, you know, I, people obviously didn't understand what was going on. They just saw, you know, what I presented to the outside world, which at the time was just a complete mess. Um, but you know, there's there's absolutely no no shame to getting help, and I hope that that stigma is is starting to come around. But I still think that they're you know it's I think it's part of human nature to worry about what everybody else is going to think about you. Definitely. Um, yeah.
0: We have a question that we ask all lady ladies room guests. Ooh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give your younger self? <laughs>
1: um.
0: And that's usually the reaction.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Man, I could have written a book about that. And maybe one day um, you, you know what, will. right? Yeah. <laughs> Self. Here's what I want to tell you. Um, hmm. I think I lived in fear, and not even just the fear of what had happened, um, the fear of being judged. Uh, worrying about what everybody else is gonna think or say, um, and I think I would tell myself to to be brave and to listen to your gut. Yeah, that's my big message. That's okay. Yeah, that's my number one. I still struggle with that even to this day. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> you do? Know? Yes. it's so hard, it is, yeah. and we think that. You know, we we second guess ourselves. We tell ourselves every other story than what our gut is trying to say. Cause your gut is like beep
0: beep. beep yes. Beep, yes. Beep. And you're like trying to turn the volume down. <laughs> it's like yeah, mute it. Right.
1: <laughs> I mean, when you hear that on the TV, you know, hello, it's the emergency broadcast system. Pay attention. And I'm like, oh, well, no, maybe you know, and it's like, man, I was right again. Like, imagine if, if I could bet money on every time, I would be rich. I would be rich. Yeah, I think that would be it. Listen to your gut.
0: Definitely
1: Great advice.
0: All right, nice. so where can people find you on social media? Or, okay. Or, you know, if they want to get connected yeah. with you. Because you are such a light. Like, you really are. just they want to just, be a part of the center. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, so my website is creativeartsandheal.wix.com slash center. Um, that's the actual Address of the website. And my email is creativeartsandhealing at gmail.com. I am on Twitter and Facebook. Um, I need to get better at those. I'm on LinkedIn. I do LinkedIn really well. <laughs> okay. um, but, yeah, I would say to reach reach me um, by email, creativeartsandhealing at gmail.com. Um, or Google. Google the Center for Creative Arts and Healing or Jennifer Nadler. Um, I'd love to connect. I'm always looking to make more connections and, and get get the word out.
0: Yeah, I think when people Google your name they'll yeah. be able to find you. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Google is exactly.
0: a, a very great
1: tool. Yeah. Yes. Yes. What did we yeah. do before Google? I don't know. Once I, I had my know. son I Googled everything. I'm like <laughs> I'll type in this flash. <laughs> everything. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Four one one or whatever you yeah. say. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your transparency. I know that it'll help people you know and if maybe
1: they want to
0: you know yeah help them express you yeah. know what they're going through and I think art is such a beautiful way of doing that so even if
1: you're not a quote-unquote
0: artist exactly because you were transparent about that you said <laughs> you're gonna have to show us some of your paintings later I will.
1: he'll be like oh I see what she was talking about <laughs>
0: but we love it it's all part of the healing journey thank you so much Jennifer for being with us it was really my pleasure thank you the conversation going connect with us on social media using the handle on air tlr and of course if there's a lady you want us to interview just let us know we'll chat again soon in the the ladies ladies room